The whereabouts of Prisma Reyes have been widely speculated ever since she disappeared April 17th of 2019. This speculation includes everything from her current whereabouts to where she went after leaving Ebar, but before getting to the Olympus at Ross Apartments and much more. Some still ask if it's even possible that Prisma may have just disappeared willingly. But I can assure you, after speaking with the detective that's working Prisma's case, we can both confirm that neither of us think that Prisma would ever leave on her own. If Prisma was ever going to quote unquote leave, she would have never just left her son behind. Was she even in a road rage incident? That's another question we get all the time. So let's talk about it. As luck would have it, Prisma's case has gotten more attention over the last few months than she has in a while. With some new focus on her case, we wanted to clear up some of the most common misconceptions surrounding her disappearance and answer some of these questions. Now, with that being said, we're going to get started with the hottest and most debated topic, the timeline. Where did Prisma go between leaving the bar and getting to the Olympus at Ross Apartments? When did she get there? Not to mention the more than 45 minutes of time that elapsed from one video of her to the next. Let me start by just saying this. What we were told from the beginning might not always be the case. And that applies here for sure. After going through many frustrating Freedom of Information Act requests with both the Mesquite and the Dallas Police Departments, we received a few very important reports. Some of the information within those reports led us to create a map of all of the locations where Prisma was seen and located between E-Bar and the Olympus at Ross Apartments. We then proceeded to collect historical traffic data from Prisma's potential routes. After this data was analyzed, we discovered a very important piece of information. We had yet to understand where exactly Prisma went immediately after leaving Ebar. Prisma made quite a few phone calls in the hours before she went missing. Some of those phone calls were to the same person over and over again. Some calls were answered, some were not. By taking her phone records, the police reports, and other information we had obtained, we were able to create a far more informative map that shows potential routes she may have taken, in addition to how busy those roads might have been at the time. All of a sudden, I had a what my mom would call come to Jesus moment. Holy shit, here it is. Did Prisma make a phone call right about the time she turned around and headed back to the Olympus at Ross? What did this person say? Or what caused her to turn around if they didn't even answer? Was this the same person as her second to last call? Maybe he knows absolutely nothing, but this is too strange to just leave it be. I've always said, Ryan, you know, the ex-boyfriend, yeah, that one. Well, I always thought maybe he was just the perfect setup, but what does this other man know? And why is he so hard to get a hold of? Let's dive a little deeper and see what you all think about this information being discovered in this case. Initially, we knew that Prisma left Ebar, and we found out later that she was involved in a road rage incident that we were able to verify actually happened and was her. This is the last known location that we have per the 911 call record, and one of the witnesses from the line 
reporting where they saw her. Now, the lead detective says that she got on I-30, or that's what they think, based on pings and other information that they have. This would be the route that we mapped out on Google Maps and on uh, Google Earth Pro to figure out where exactly she would have gone. Now, this is where they say she turned around, and that turnaround information hasn't changed. But what I want to show you now is the route that we actually plotted for her based on additional information from the 911 call and additional witness statements on the intersections that Prisma actually was at during this road rage incident. This is also important and I want to stress this because this could be a whole lot of ground that wasn't covered in the beginning and a whole lot of missing CCTV footage. You see she passed I-30, she would have gone around. She was next seen at this location here as you can see on the records. She continues on North Haskell and ends up hanging a ride on South Fitzhugh. From there, the last known location that we know she went per these records is apparently right on Crosstown. You have to take a right, even though her destination was to the left because it's a one-way road. So you, as you can see here, the map plotted that she would have turned around somewhere around there. And then we speed up here through the locations that she may have gone. And as you can see, we passed I-30 again. So I don't think she ever got on I-30 until she makes this turnaround right here. And then she actually gets on I-30. She merges on here shortly. And I think she would have gotten on I-30 and stayed on I-30 because the road rage incident happened on North Haskell right there that you can see we just passed. And that incident went on for a while and multiple cops were at the scene. Based on the way the Prisma parked and pulled up at the Olympus at Ross apartments, this is the route that we think that she took. So you can see that she pulls right on up here. And we know that she pulled up to the Olympus at Ross apartments at 5.47 p.m. The last footage that we actually have of her is her darting into the apartments here after this alleged road rage incident and turnaround. It's also important that we stress the timing of things because if she didn't get directly on I-30 and she went past I-30 and turned right on South Fitzhugh and then turned right on Crosstown and then had to turn around, did she know where she was going? Did she have any indication that she needed to turn around somewhere? Did she have to pull off into a parking lot? We also have a call that was made right around the time, now that we have this information, we've discovered right around the time that she actually turns around. And it might not seem like that big of a deal, but when you're trying to figure out what exactly happened to a missing woman who had multiple incidents within a short time frame that could lead for something not so pleasant to happen, we have to take all leads and all things into consideration at this time. So I wanna know exactly where she was, at exactly what time, and what locations CCTV footage was collected from. Because based on the route that we've plotted now, there could have been numerous different locations that may have her on camera. And again, this is important because someone may have been following her. And if someone was following her, we'd be able to know by seeing her on multiple different CCTV footage uh, films or videos. 
In addition to that, it also puts her at the turnaround at a different location. We initially thought she got there minutes before, but was she really there minutes before? So there's a lot of information that we're discovering based on this. Drop a comment below and let us know what you think because this information is very telling and this information could definitely change the investigation. What do you think about us being told she initially just hopped on I-30, yet actual records that we received say she didn't and that she continued on North Haskell? I'd love to know what you guys think. We have more content coming out in regards to Prisma Reyes and clearing up some of the misconceptions and answering some of your questions. So make sure that you subscribe to our channel below and you can also find our undetected podcast on all of your favorite podcast sites and apps. Until next time, we'll see y'all later.